0: Welcome to the WordPress Photography Podcast, the podcast for photographers who want to learn how to get the most out of WordPress to grow their photography business. You don't need to be a geek to understand WordPress. Settle back and listen as we show you how. Now here's your host, Scott Wyden Kivowitz.
1: Welcome to episode 125. My name is Scott Wyden Kivowitz and I'm joined by my guest, BP Miller. BP is a multi-award-winning photographer, photojournalist, and speaker. His work has been seen in the Philadelphia Inquirer, Philadelphia Daily News, Rolling Stone, New York Times, and countless other publications. In 2021, his work done during the early part of the global pandemic was curated by the Smithsonian's National Museum of American History. He's an active volunteer in photojournalism industry and served as the former Mid-Atlantic Chair of the National Press Photographers Association, as well as the board member of the North Short Course in Photojournalism and ASMP Philadelphia. When he is not speaking at professional conferences about photography, he spends his free time volunteering, biking, and supporting local businesses outside his home in suburban Philadelphia with his wife Michelle and their dog Tucker. What kind of dog is Tucker?
0: Tucker is a Schnauzer, and he is
1: uh, all seven
0: months. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> at, the, at the moment, yeah.
1: So, so welcome BP. Welcome to the to the WordPress Photography Show. How are, how are you doing? Thanks, Scott. Good man, how are you? thanks for having me yeah Appreciate I'm it. doing well fully vaccinated
0: <laughs> fully vaccinated which is which is a good as a matter of fact today is today is exactly two weeks since my second shot, so my immune system is back up to normal, and you know i'm I'm here for the foreseeable future nice. hopefully so uh nice to
1: n- nice to be on that side of the yeah. line for sure so uh so obviously we're recording this before this actually goes live on the air but but um Friday will be my two week as well. So, nice. <laughs> it's like, congr- congratulations. <laughs> <you as well. laughs>
0: yeah. Now, let me ask you, did you have any side effects at all? Did you have uh, Pfizer? I had Pfizer. One? And then did you have any side effects? Uh, as as yeah. did we. Um, did you have any side effects For the at second
1: all? one, I did, yeah. Um, I uh, got home with a minor headache and then I woke up the next morning with still the headache, uh, freezing cold, but no fever at all. Um, my spine felt like I was beat up just my spine. And then, um, I was very tired. I actually took a nap, which I never do. And the injection point felt like somebody took a knife and slashed me. So I had a bunch of really weird side effects. I know some were kind of common, but, um, yeah, we didn't have either. My wife and I both
0: had Pfizer, um, first shot dead arm, which, Look, anybody that's been in the military—I was in the army, you know, a lifetime ago—and and you know, when you first go into basic, they hit you like with eight shots in each arm. So I've, I've, i i have i was expecting the dead arm at at a bare minimum, but we, even with the second shot, we had the we had the dead arm again. We both had a dull headache for about a day, and that was it. Yeah. I've had friends that have gotten horribly right. ill. I've got friends that haven't had any side effects from either shot so it you know it it a lot of it comes down to genetics and chemistry yeah. and and if you had covid uh, apparently if you if you've had it um your body will react a little uh more uh, will have a more harsh effect to it interesting apparently but i i guess we didn't have it hopefully <laughs> yeah. i'm not really sure we, we didn't show any symptoms so
1: right right yeah i don't know i i didn't have it i was I was around people who had it at one point, but um, I I got tested for antibodies and it was negative after that. So I don't know, yeah. but it is what but it is. But here we are. Here we are.
0: Here we are now yep. on the
1: other side. <laughs> and you know what? I keep saying that if it's a day I feel like utter crappiness, I'll take yeah. that over the potential lethal alternatives. So
0: I, I, I felt worse after day long pressers and stuff like that. You know, coming <laughs> home, I'm exhausted. My legs hurt, my back yeah. hurt nothing like this was nothing i was like oh god i was expecting
1: the worst right. and, and it was fine so. <laughs> um okay so so let's dive into this this is a uh, another pivot and shift episode and uh, obviously we're already talking about why we're talking about pivoting and shifting um but um we're we're here to talk about the pandemic and ways that you've had to adjust um as everybody heard in the intro you've had some good things come out of this i mean <laughs> as 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 much as you could say a good thing in a in a global pan, pandemic but um so we're going to dive deeper into this uh this whole thing but if you can give the listeners the viewers a brief summary of what your photography business was like before this
0: well i mean we so as most photographers and photojournalists anymore, I mean, you have to do a little bit of everything in order to survive. You can't, you know, unless you're in an active newsroom, and even then that's kind of not the case for most freelancers anymore. Um, you know, you're, you're doing a little bit of everything. So we were doing a ton of event work, uh, and not just weddings. Like I I actually hate doing weddings. I, I do a couple, three a year and that's about it. But we do a ton of um, corporate conferences, medical conferences. We uh, cover, uh, we're the photographers for a number of different radio stations here in Philadelphia. So we would go and cover these major events. Um, We photographed the largest single food drive in America every year uh, right after Thanksgiving. It looked a lot different this year. So all of that work that we normally have, I never really considered ourselves an event-based photographer. But when, once everything shut down and this conference got canceled and that got, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, like we really do have mm-hmm. all a lot of our eggs in a, in a single basket. Pardon me. And it never felt like that. So then all of a sudden I'm like, well, now what the hell are we going to do? And there was that, you know, period of time where I, I really wasn't sure it's, you know, you, you learn to overcome and adapt and, and try and figure things out. You know the the one there is a saving grace to this, and I, I know it's going to sound worse than I mean it to, but it wasn't just me. It was everybody. Mm-hmm. it It wasn't just something we did from a business standpoint. I was in the same basket as everybody else. And you know that was the one for me, it was kind of like, all right. It, it was almost a comforting feeling just to know that I'm like, all right, I'm in this with everybody else. It's not just us or it's not just a locale it's the entire globe
1: right right yeah and it it is kind of funny when like you 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 um while you're in the thick of things in your in your business and you're like yeah i i, I do this i do this i do this and when it comes down to it sometimes you are just one genre right <laughs> Like it just, in, it, it's, it's, it's multiple genres, but it's, it's all the same side of the
0: coin. Right. And you just right. like, you know, I think about when I think about event photography, I'm like, Oh, that's, you know, weddings and bar bat mitzvahs or, you know, concert photography or whatever you don't take into consideration. Yeah. Conferences are an event, you yeah. know, even though like they're this huge multi-day event that you're just constantly running and gunning and doing all this stuff. You don't think about how much of that income is actually event based. Right. And it wasn't until we lost it where I'm like, Oh god. All right, all these all these years when I speak and all that I say don't put all your eggs in one basket and apparently they were there I just didn't notice. <laughs>
1: yeah. So it was a wake up it
0: was definitely a wake up call I can tell you that. But yeah, it's it um it's interesting. It's interesting how life works sometimes. Um <laughs> Yeah, so not, not that not, just when you're just when you're getting covered we had come off. 2019 was the best year we've had since we've been in business. And there is nothing like a global pandemic to put a foot squarely up your ass to remind
1: you. Yeah, this can come and go at any time. Yeah.
0: So I'm going to I'm going to need you to focus a little yeah. bit and, and try and figure things out.
1: So so um, obviously, your business has been impacted by these events basically just not happening. Right. Um, yes. Um, I'm, I know, like so I have a friend who's a uh, a photographer for a transit company and um he does a lot of the press photos and setup and whatnot for events for not only the transit company but also the state governor and um i know that things things basically shut down for a little bit and then as the state started figuring everything out. They started redoing events, but now everybody's masked and they, you know, more distant and stuff. So um, I'm assuming that besides from events shutting down, there's been other impacts to your business um, that maybe they're starting to turn around now. But slowly. Yeah. Yeah. So what else was impacted besides from (sighs) events going away? We, well, I mean, the, the, the events was the biggest thing
0: initially. And then we when the pandemic hit in March and here and outside of Philadelphia, we shut down. I want to say like the 14th or the 15th, something like that. Um, My wife and I looked at the business numbers and said, okay, like we can afford to continue rent until the end of the year. And if we have to put our own money in, we will. When December rolls around, we're going to have to make a decision on whether or not we're going to keep the studio space because even through 21, we're really not going to need the studio space. Like it's, while headshots are coming back, people are more comfortable with it in their own homes or on location. And obviously, with the advancements in lighting and everything else over the last 10 years, it's so easy to, to set up in the middle of a field or in a parking lot or whatever and really make these dramatic portraits. Um, but we ended up shutting down our studio in December just because at, at that point, I'm like, you know, we we moved, <laughs> we moved during the pandemic. We we had this, we had a, a, and I'm personally, we moved out of the town that we had been in for eight years and, and moved to a different area. We had decided to do this last January and put our house up on the market March 7th, with, and then everything shut down a week later. So we may have eventually shut down that particular studio, but we would have just opened up in the town that we moved to we just shut it down. So for right now, we're working out of our home. I mean, luckily, we've got tall ceilings, and I can do headshots here, I can, you know, still travel. But yeah, I mean, the, the the biggest thing was, you know, we have eight, you know, other photographers that work for us throughout the year doing either the radio station events or weddings or this event or that event. You know, I felt bad because they're, you know, they're contract, mm. you know, as as most people in our industry are, I mean, everyone, you know, is a 1099. So it's, one of those situations where like I was trying to figure out if there was a way that I could help them because they're all younger, you know, I'm, I'm fairly established in my life. I, you know, I'm married, I've got a, I've got a home. A lot of the the people that are working for us are, you know, two, three, four, five years out of college. They're still getting themselves together. And I was just trying to figure out a way to maybe if there was a way to help them too. Unfortunately, there just wasn't, there wasn't any work to do. Um, it, it was, it was definitely a, a Am I allowed to curse a little bit, or do we try to keep this clean?
1: (laughs) We try to keep it clean. Okay. It
0: was a crotch punch, I'll I'll put it that way. It was definitely, it it was just not something that I was expecting, and Mm. nobody was. But at the same time, to try and figure out how to pivot off of that and to try and keep some level of employment with the people that have been there for you for years
1: proved to be really difficult. It it was not an easy situation, and still is. So so can you talk about some of the ways that you've adapted to all these changes that you were forced to to have to make? I mean, obviously one of which you just mentioned was building the studio out of your house. Um yeah. but um which Yeah, I mean, you can see all the you can see all the stuff behind <laughs> yeah. me in the studio, you know, that, that hasn't gone up on the walls or go yeah. wait until we move in. I mean, for everybody who's watching the the video of this, yeah. you'll see that I I'm I'm in the same boat. I mean, I I've always had a um done it. Be basically in an environment or uh, out of my home, and that's what I'm doing now anyway. Yeah. So um, but can you talk about everything else? Like any other changes that you've had to uh to make to adapt to everything that's uh, that's happened? Um,
0: I let my CPS membership go <laughs> just mm-hmm. for the year. Uh, you know i'm I'm thinking to myself, I'm really not shooting. I, I can live without CPS for a year. like <laughs> you know, I, and if I need to go get it clean and checked, i'll I'll pay for it. But, mm. you know, you start looking at ways to cut down on on overhead so obviously right. the biggest was the studios and then um after that you know i had a punch list of what we were going to reinvest into this year so it was like it's around that time for me to get some new monitors uh, you know the ones i have are about five years old um i was going to upgrade our camera equipment i've been shooting with uh mark uh, canon mark four uh, 5d mark fours and the r series and I was gonna maybe invest in it to either one of the one d series or a couple of the new r fives that got put on hold. Mm. Um, Our advertising campaign that we had set up for this year was yanked. we We pulled that back. Um, and then at that point, it was like, all right, well, then how am I gonna I, I am I will be the first to admit. I am very lucky in a financial sense. my My wife and I have done investing over the years, and we weren't, uh, you know from a financial standpoint. That wasn't as much of a worry. I don't have, I, you know, a lot of people don't have that. And and I'm very lucky in that. My wife is amazing when it comes to that. So she's the one that handles all of it. So uh, I'm very lucky from that standpoint that that wasn't an additional weight on me. But at the same time, I'm a photographer. I'm a photojournalist. Like, this is what I do for a living. How the hell do you stay busy when there's no life happening? Like, how do you document life when there's no life? And, yeah you know, after a while you get to the point, like how many shots do we need of people in masks or empty storefronts or empty streets? And it got depressing. It really did. So, I mean, that was as far as having to make those difficult decisions on things that we had planned for, for 2020. Again, it it was, it was a kick in the crotch. It was not something that was fun to even go through. And I was fine for like the first six or seven months. And by the time October, November rolled around, I got dark. Like I was in a really dark place because I didn't see a way out of it. I was seriously considering whether or not I wanted to head back into radio, uh, which is what I did before I was a, a photographer. I mean, I've always been into photography since I was a kid, but I, professionally I was in radio. Um, I thought maybe I was going to have to do that. I haven't worked in the corporate world in years. I haven't refreshed a resume in 15, 16 years. So there was a lot of life decisions that I really had to sit there and, and kind of come in grips with and be like, all right, You know what? Fifteen years for a photography studio is a pretty decent run in this day and age. You know, the average one lasts about two and two and a half years. The fact that we had fifteen, I'm like, all right, it's been a good run, and if it's got to come to an end, it's got to come to an end. And then stuff just changed, and next thing you know, we're 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 okay. So it's, you know, it's almost looking at your own mortality, be it professionally or personally. You know, it's there was a major shift.
1: So, so you did things, uh, you started, uh, some, some different projects, uh, yes. whether it's working with nonprofits or doing nonprofit type things. Can you talk about, um, some of those things you've sure. you started? So
0: nonprofits have always been a cornerstone of, of what we do. We work with a ton of nonprofits. Um, I've been uh, a guest speaker, uh, through the Momentum series with Jamie Rose. Um, I've taken some of their clients, you know, I've, I've audited for lack of a better term, some of their, some of their classes, um, we do a ton of nonprofit work. So my first thing that I wanted to do, I saw that there was this campaign going around like 10,000 headshots or something like that, but it was under one umbrella. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I I had been thinking about doing that, but I just wanted to do it my way. I didn't want to have to necessarily do it the way somebody else had. So I utilized my media connections here in Philadelphia. I was on the local news and stuff like that and basically said, look, anybody that has lost their job that wasn't expecting to lose their job, may have been in the same job for 10 or 15 years, pardon me, and does not have an updated headshot, come on out to the studio. It's on us. It's free. And we ended up doing not as many as I thought we would have, but we ended up doing like 20 or 25. And if I helped those 20 or 25 people, uh, you know, Help to get a new job, then been great. And if, and if they didn't, they've got a new head, you know, or if they did and whatever, they have a new headshot at the bare minimum. So we started okay. doing that. Um, we started just offering our time to nonprofits in the area. Just say, look, you know, you guys are hurting, we're hurting, I'm just sitting around twiddling my thumbs. Tell me what you need and I'll come and do it. I've uh, I've never been a rule follower when it comes to our industry. You know, everyone's like, you don't give away your work for free. I find fault with that. I think that's how you give back. I think if you are lucky enough to get to a point in your career where you're able to give back and give back of your time or your energies or whatever, you do it. That's just putting good karma back out on the world. So we started working with um, in the town that we lived previously, which is a town called Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. They had just had this huge revitalization over the last five, eight years. So all the nonprofits that were in town and all the restaurants that were in town, all my friends that own these businesses, I just started helping them with either taking product shots for their takeout menus or or any of that stuff again we were lucky enough that i i didn't necessarily have to go out and find a secondary job but because i was in the, the the position that i was in i could go and help my friends and i can help these nonprofits and i can help them get through right it you know it gave them something it gave me something inside and we were able to kind of at least work a little bit as opposed to worrying about what was to come
1: Um, Have you, being that you have a radio background um, and you have a a deep connection with a lot of the businesses in your area, have you thought about doing a local podcast um, to potentially bring in some income for yourself, but also um, help out those businesses in a different way than might have, you know, beyond photography. We actually
0: did something um very similar to that. Uh it was called the uh, 10 rounds with. Uh and um I utilized every one of my connections. I interviewed people in Hollywood, I interviewed local celebrities here in Philadelphia, news personalities, business owners. Um it didn't get the it didn't get the traction that I was hoping for, but also it's hard to get a podcast out there and to get noticed like it's when mm-hmm. I first I, I had a radio show that I used to do when I initially got out of radio and as we were building cores up called the acoustic diner and I would spend like three or four hours a week cutting the show putting it together getting it up on the different platforms but this was 2005 2006 where podcasts were just really kind of starting to come right. up into the public right. consciousness now I mean you can't turn without get you know uh, one of the ones that I'm listening to right now is Zach Braff and Donald Faison from Scrubs they're doing this podcast and they're going episode by episode you know talking about the the different things
1: reacting to their
0: own yeah which which is (laughs) it's been great to listen to i was my wife and i are huge fans of the show but you know there's so many of them how do you get noticed outside of all that and i mean i had some fairly big you know for philadelphia i had some fairly big philadelphia names i had a couple bigger names from out in hollywood of people that i've known for a long time just didn't get the traction so Mm. you know i think everything through the pandemic has been trial and error and I think everybody has been throwing so much crap up against the wall to figure out what would stick. Some of the, some of the ideas we came up with worked, some of it didn't. And that was one that just didn't, you know, it, it, it was nice, but it just didn't really do much.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I, I was thinking like, there's ways that you could do it um, to it, that, that would um, market the podcast with local businesses and to help the local businesses help the podcast grow by, from consumers by way of saying, um, you know, uh, in, in the initial starting point, say like, hey, I want to talk about your business on this, on the, on this new podcast. Um, a lot of the you... chambers have been doing that. So a lot of the chambers of commerce yeah. locally have been doing
0: that. One of my good friends, uh, Bill Vidiello, who is um, VP of something at one of the local banks, I can't remember his new title, but he's been doing this thing called Chamber Chat. Um and again, there are a lot of those out there. I wanted to start with bigger names to see what kind of traction we got, because mm-hmm. you know, if if I can't get traction with that, I'm definitely not going to be able to get traction with a with a more local or hyper local right, right. uh, person. We tried it with a a number of I worked probably with like two or three different nonprofits and did a little bit of that. And it just never really I think everybody was just really worried about themselves and nobody was necessarily Hmm. they were too busy, you know, either binging on Netflix or just trying to figure out what, (laughs) you know,
1: their next steps were going to be. I think everybody
0: had a different outlook in the last year.
1: For sure. Um, So when you uh, first submitted to come on and talk about um, your pivots and shifts, you mentioned something about. Um, focusing more on clients user experience um and I was wondering if you can talk more about that uh no um i mean
0: you know the 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 user experience it, it, it's really interesting as much as it's changed it hasn't so we just did a huge uh our this was our first major portrait session we did twenty some people and this was a couple of weeks ago, and this had been postponed and postponed and postponed I think people are looking for more genuine connection now. I think coming out on the other side of this, people have realized that either, you know, I think the age of the influencer is over. I'm, I'm really hoping that the age of the influencer is over. I think people are looking for that connection. They're looking for that. To be able to look somebody in the, first of all, be able to look somebody in the eye, you know, and actually mm-hmm. see their smile and all that stuff. But I think that they're looking for just honest. They're looking for genuine. They're looking for connection. And anybody that I've talked to with my clients, um, you know, they're like, "Well, you know, we're trying to figure out how do we want to pivot this, and we want to do something. We need to do fresh images on the site. And we, you know, we're thinking more corporate photojournalism." I'm like, "That's fine," I said. But let's let's look at this from a different perspective. Whole, you know, depending and it depends on the industry, obviously, you know, who we're serving at that point, you know, whether it's lawyers or whether it's a nonprofit, you know, you're, you're going to angle the story a little bit differently. But I said, you know, one of the things that you want to maybe really think about doing is some of your clients that have been uh, vaccinated that are, are, are safe and you feel comfortable. Let's utilize them in the images. Let's let's start to let's start to pivot the narration and, and or not the narration, the narrative. And let's start to come out of this where you're like, we're really focused on our clients. This is so-and-so. And and -and so-and-so has been part of our team for however long or has been buying from us for however long. This is a little bit of their story. Like, start out just by sharing these stories because we all have them. Everybody is coming out of this pandemic with their own journey, their own story of how they've made it. Be it, you know, from the top to the bottom to the middle and everywhere in between. Utilize that. It's there. And, and people want to share their stories, but more than that, they really want to start making connections with people. They want to start talking to people again in person, not on a screen. You know, uh, right. uh, the, 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 interesting thing is I hear a lot of people talking about whether or not they're going to go back to workspaces. I don't think, I, don't, I think people are kind of tired of working from home for right now. I think they would love to get back to some <laughs> semblance of normal. It may not be yeah. the way that it looked before but i think that that's that's a storyline in itself and it's one that i've yeah. had with a lot of our clients in the last month as we're starting to to ramp up yeah. for for late q2 q3 and q4
1: my uh, brother-in-law um works for a company that makes logistics software and um they've been doing very well during this pandemic yeah tech has logistics. been doing great my wife works in yes. tech that, that's that's <laughs> the one industry that really yeah. has not been hit yeah and um for a while um they were everybody was home Um, And now they're allowing, I think it was five bodies, uh, besides from the owner, five bodies into the office at any given time. You have to register to, you know, to be one of the bodies in the office. Um, And I think it's priority to anybody that has a physical office with a door versus a cubicle. Um, uh, Like the managers and salespeople have physical offices versus cubicles. So. I think that's gonna be a trend we're gonna start seeing where there's gonna be offices, but not everybody's gonna be allowed in at once. It's gonna be at least in the beginning, it's gonna be, you know, I need to be there on this day. Let me sign up to be there on this day. Right. So it's it's that I think that's now it's you know, it's really been
0: interesting. So up until three weeks ago, my wife worked for Adobe and had been there for, for a number of years. And the Adobe culture is very much like butts and seats. Some companies are like that, some tech companies are like that, some aren't. Adobe was amazing throughout all this. I, I really have to hand it to them that they really took care of their entire workforce globally. And they're still not back in offices. Um, and they have started having that conversation about whether or not, you know, they need the biggest mothership that they have out in San Jose right now or, or any of this other stuff. Now, my wife just pivoted to a new company, which was actually the old company she worked for before Adobe. Um, that's more local. Um, she's been remote for seven years. So like the pandemic really didn't, hit her at all what will be Mm -hmm. weird for her is actually going back into an office setting when they do reopen because they're they have an office outside of philadelphia and she will be going in you know periodically not every day but periodically that's going to be a huge shift for her because for seven years outside of her travels overseas or out to san jose she did there wasn't a local office for her to go to so she's constantly been working out i'm very curious to see how people that have done that that have been remote that now all of a sudden may have gone into a new job where when the offices open back up, they're, they're going to be around people. And that that's a shift in itself.
1: Yeah. I, I've been uh, with Imagely. I, uh, May will be nine years. Congratulations. That I've been 100% remote every single day. So I, it would be weird for me to go to an office. I could totally see how um, it's going to be an adjustment for, for your wife to, yeah, to, I, have, to have to figure that out. Like, I joke to- around like,
0: I have a t-shirt that says people, not a big fan. And, and I find it funny that a lot of photojournalists, a lot of different photographers generally have some level of hatred for the gen pop, but that's our job is to actually document the gen pop. So, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I've had this last year off where I really haven't been interacting with too many people. And now that we're starting to ramp back up a little bit and we're starting to do some of these shoots, like the, the headshot session that we did a couple three weeks ago, it was weird because I didn't realize some of these people had never met because they had been hired during the pandemic some of these people hadn't seen each other in a year. And I never really thought about that dynamic of like, it was really interesting to see how people reacted being around other people. Some were vaccinated, some weren't. We were masked up the entire time. Um, our, Our makeup artist who is amazing, like has this whole sanitation process that she does. And, but it's been interesting to watch people interact and how they're doing that. And it's actually something that's intrigued me from, just a documentary standpoint, we've been involved with a, a huge vaccination clinic here outside of Philadelphia, and we're, we've been running media for them. And it's really interesting. For the last year, everyone's like, don't be around people, don't be around people, don't be around people. Well, on Sunday, we ran this clinic with where 3,000 people got vaccinated. And the one thing that I would keep hearing out of people's mouths as I was walking around is like, it's just so weird to be around this many people because mm. we've been trained not to be. So there's going to be, there's going to be a huge, you know, paradigm shift here coming in the next few months. And it's going to be really interesting to see how that shakes out.
1: Yep. Yep. And, and as uh, actually like the, um, one thing I always looked forward to in in October was, um, uh, Photo Photo Plus Expo. Right. And obviously that, um, didn't happen, I think. Yeah, it didn't happen in October, right? Um, I think they did and some, then um, they maybe pivoted as some virtual, virtual but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that once these start happening again, it's it's going to be all or mostly hands-on outside things more than even in the cold. I think they're going to try to do more hands-on outside photo walks and and workshops and stuff like that versus just a showroom, right? And having classes. It, It's going
0: to be interesting. Um, I'm very curious to see how the industry kind of works this. I was supposed to be uh, one of the the guest presenters at Focus on the Story last year in May. And they ended up going virtual. And I think mine just ended up getting cut entirely. I mean, they they cut a lot of the the, the stuff down. And, you know, my name doesn't rank nearly as high as some of the other people that were there. So, you know, I, I fully understood. Um, but I'm very curious to see how, like, a WPPI or uh, I forget what PPA yeah. is called. Uh, uh...
1: Professional. No, 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 no. They're, they're uh, imaging. I couldn't, couldn't imaging. think of it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I know the Northern Short went uh, went virtual again this year. I'm really curious to see how they pivot out of this. I I really want to know and how much it's going to affect because Canon expo should have been last year. Like that was, we were at the five year mark. That should have been last year. I haven't heard hiding their hair about anything coming out of Canon on whether or not they're going to try and redo it for 21 or 22 and then restart the clock. It's going to be interesting. I think people are tired of virtual. I And I think people, yes. yeah, I, not, <laughs> and especially like, look, visual creators, we need, we need life. We, we, I yeah. doing the, um, the, I was talking about the, the food drive that we're a part of every year. And a lot of the guests that would normally be on site came in through zoom. Can I tell you how much I had to real like by the end of the fifth day, I'm like, I, I can't make a zoom call look any sexier than I already have. Like there, there was, uh, <laughs> is it, uh. Right. One I forget the the band is escaping me at the moment, but we had the lead singer on, and I got this great black and white shot. He's on, he was I was in the the comm truck, and he was up on one screen, and then we had him on an iPhone on another, and I got this great shot. And I'm like, that's it, I'm done. Th- that was Wednesday. I'm like, there's no way I can make a zoom shot look any better than this. Like, there's just I'm I'm done. So I, it's gonna be really. I don't know about the outdoor aspect. I think you know photojournalists in general are a brave set. Mm -hmm. everybody runs towards the danger and i don't see that necessarily changing so i'm curious to see what side of the line that comes down
1: yeah i I don't unless they space everything out big time and they limit the amount of people that are in the room that giant room Mm -hmm. at the expo center um i i don't you mean this year or like moving forward ever after I, I mean this next one that, that's coming up because they're planning oh, they are on having I, Okay, see, so
0: I, I hadn't heard about yeah. that. So, all right, yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, there was no details on it yet, but they're planning on it. So it'll, it'll yeah. be interesting. I don't know. Um, so uh, the last thing that you mentioned was um, working with up-and-coming photojournalists and other photographers. Can you talk about um, how you've been working with them to to make them... So so Prepared, that's, guess, that's, or... that's
0: been our biggest pivot is we're actually getting ready to launch course. Uh, uh, my, my brain is not working. I was up really late last night, uh, course consulting. <laughs> and, um, I've been doing this for a while. Uh, we, we, it's just something that I'm a big believer in. I like paying it forward. Um, but we're, and, and with college students and, and people right out of school, I do it all the time and I don't charge. But we've had more and more photojournalists that are transitioning out of the newsroom that are trying to figure out how to make, you know, what their next steps look like. And and we, we've we helped many. For me, giving back has just always been part of my DNA makeup. Like, it's just, it's always been a cornerstone of of anything that I've tried to do. I had um, a difficult childhood for, through nobody's fault but my own. And uh, it was one of those situations that ever since I've turned like 27, 28, I think i've just been trying to write the karmic ledger not that it was anything horrible but in my head it's just something that i've always tried to deal with i just have always tried to give back and i think it's just a matter of whether it's trying to play catch up for my youth or trying to just put some good back into a world that so desperately needs it um i i love doing it and so we've had a number when i was involved with mppa in the northern um now that i'm uh, involved with rtdna Um, I think they have a mentorship program that I'm going to get involved with. It's just, you know, there's more than enough business out there for everybody. And it's a small enough industry that we shouldn't be battling each other. We should actually be helping to lift each other up. Um, And I've just tried to do a small part of that by helping them navigate, you know, something as simple as setting up an LLC or figuring out quarterly taxes or, you know, maybe you don't want to call your photo studio out of your own name because if you grow, you know, and all of a sudden you become popular. Everybody wants you and you're not going to have any work-life balance, like simple, Mm. simple things that they just don't teach you in college that are, you know, years of experience have, you know, either I've learned from somebody else or learned from mistakes more than anything else. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm always thankful when somebody comes to me, because if I'm able to make even a small difference, then, you know, it's a good day.
1: Awesome. Yeah. That's a very good thing. Um, so I have two final questions for you on on, on this subject. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What would you tell other photographers in your situation? Currently or in general? Like, okay. Right now. um, Network.
0: Talk to other photographers. Talk to editors. Talk to anybody that you can. Like, at at this point, there is nothing wrong with, like, in the age of social media, it is so easy to get a hold of people sometimes you don't know unless you try, you know, it's, it's that simple. If you don't put yourself out there and, and I'll honestly use the Smithsonian as an example, I, I was at a loss a year ago and I just didn't know what to do. So mm-hmm. I, I did what I do. I grabbed my camera and I walked through my hometown, which was empty on St. Patrick's day. And the, the, the bar was empty. The streets were empty. There was, you know, that cliche movie, you know, you hear a can being blown down the, you know, the street by the wind, that stayed with me and I just did what I did. And I went out, I made some images and then there was a call, an open call um, for submissions and they chose 11 of us across the country. I, did I know that was going to happen when I picked up my camera that night? No, I had absolutely no idea. If you don't, like, unless you make that choice to actively put yourself out there and just throw as much stuff up against the wall as possible, you don't know what's going to stick. And when And networking is the right. biggest part of that. For lack of a better term, don't be an ass to other people, like, especially in our industry. Like, we're all trying to do the same thing. There's nothing worse than seeing some of these people that are just so incredibly cocky and condescending and everything. I I try to make as many friends as possible because I think, you know, you never know when someone's expertise or someone's sense of humor or someone's eye is going to make a huge difference in your life. And unless you go up and actually introduce yourself to that person, talk to them. Find out about them, but not just work stuff. Find out about them as a person. You have absolutely nothing to lose. And I can tell you that that has served our business well for 15 years, and luckily will continue to serve it for the foreseeable future.
1: Awesome. Um, So my final question is, uh, is there something that you do for your health mentally, physically, or a combination to cope with the stress that comes out of the pandemic? Uh, For me... Um, uh, what I've shared as an example, uh, in the past, uh, p- pivot and shift episodes is that I train even harder in karate because it's, it's an incredible combination of both the physical and the mental, um, you know, stressful. Um, work. I'm a cigar guy.
0: <laughs> so I and it's a shame because at our old studios, it was actually one of the things that really got us through the pandemic last year is we had this amazing, we were dead in the middle of town. Uh, We were across the street from my friend's brewery and we had this great porch. And every afternoon, spring, summer into fall, I would be out on the porch having a cigar and all the locals that lived in town knew us. Everybody you know, knew our studio. We always had treats for the dogs and stuff like that. And it was great because you could connect and still socially distance. That was a big thing. Um, Riding my bike had become a big thing. The biggest thing for me, honestly, and I'm going to pivot my my camera over here and I I don't know if you can see where is it there it is my wife and a ton of my friends got me a new electronic drum kit for my birthday a couple weeks ago and you can kind of see it there in the corner um Mm -hmm. I haven't had a real kit in years mostly because for me I didn't want uh I didn't want to have an acoustic kit because it would drive my wife insane and honestly, like I would <laughs> yeah. have rather put the money towards new equipment or to upgrade the house or whatever. So they surprised me for my birthday and I have, I have news for you. I have sat behind that kit every day now for two weeks and just worked it out That's over great. like an hour and any stress that I had, any type of mental block that I had, or if I'd been editing too long, I sit down at that thing and I try to remember, you know, some of my, some of my exercises and all that kind of stuff. Or sometimes I'll just put on the Eagles or Pink Floyd and just jam out and, and play wrong notes or otherwise. I've also spent a lot of time. Um, I started something, uh, it was a year ago last Thursday, called the Fireside Chat as a little nod to uh, FDR. And we just celebrated a year the other night. And every night for the last year, we've either had as many as 20 or 25 people on the call, or we've had as few as two. And we'll continue to do it until we don't need it anymore. But that's that's been a huge thing for us, just as far as staying connected with mm-hmm. people and trying to help people through really difficult situations. But the drumming and the cigars probably are are, are <laughs> were, were, were my clutch go tos in the last year. Yeah.
1: If you smoke cigars in the
0: house, then you uh, can yeah, I'm not at the same allowed time. to do that. Um, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I have to take my clothes off in the mudroom as soon as I come home and and leave them by the washer. Uh, that's nice. that is uh, that is. Although we moved into, uh, we, 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 did move into this house and I have got a little bit of room to make like a small little smoking area for myself. And, and I'm just trying to, I'm trying to talk my wife into that right now. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But now that we're back into the gorgeous months, I can sit <laughs> yes. outside or when I take the dog for a walk, right. you know, I'll, I'll do that. But yeah, just, yeah. and, and just connecting with people. Awesome. Talk with your friends, you know, and, and your cool. family.
1: Yeah. So thank you, BP, for joining us today. Um, it, can you tell the listeners the absolute best place to find um, more information You can always about you?
0: find out about us by going to chorusphotography.com. That's C-H-O-R-U-S. Um I'm on Instagram under Chorus Photography. I'm on Twitter under Chorus Not that anybody cares what a photojournalist thinks, but there there we are. <laughs> um uh facebook linkedin like all the and and clubhouse <laughs> i'm on clubhouse i'm still not entirely sure what it's doing but it's you know i am on it and if and if anybody <laughs> needs an invitation i've got about 8 sitting that i that i'm happy to send out um but yeah and you can always just con, like contact me through the website um that's the easiest way to get a hold of me if you just have questions or you're kind of trying to figure something out i'm always available and and especially right now until we get probably into 2022, any people that are looking for like consulting time or anything like that, we're just not charging. So I'm, I'm happy to help anybody in, in any way that I can. We're all in it together.
1: Cool. Awesome. You can find the uh, the show notes and all the places to find BP at imagely.com slash podcast slash 125 don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time. Thanks for having me
0: You've been listening to the WordPress Photography Podcast. To listen to other episodes and to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and more, please visit imagely.com forward slash podcast.